Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. That's a sound that all turkey hunters love to hear, a wild turkey gobbler high on a mountain ridge early in the spring. The birds are singing, the flowers are blooming. It's a great time to be in the out-of-doors. Well, the Missouri turkey season is coming right up on us. Begins Monday, April the 19th. And, of course, southern states south of us have already begun their turkey hunting seasons and have already heard a lot of stories coming out of the woods, and that's always fun. love to listen to hunters tell their stories. And, of course, I like to create a few stories of my own, and I'll be going once again this, this year and uh, – it's one of the things that I look forward to the most each year is the spring turkey hunting season. And Missouri, we still got a good population of turkeys, although there has been a decline in the last uh, 10 years or so. But there's still lots of birds out there to chase. But one of the most common problems I hear with turkey hunters are the problems they have out in, in the woods. is uh, There's always a lot of discussion about, boy, the turkeys just didn't gobble today. And so many hunters give up. Uh, very quickly in the morning when the turkeys are not gobbling. And you really, if you want to put a tag on a gobbler, you need to stay in the woods and, and stay with it. But there's always lots of discussion, too, about, well, why did the turkeys quit gobbling? You know, and there's lots of things that can shut them down. And uh, it, it's pretty frustrating because we like to go out there and we like to hear that turkey gobble. And if you're really into turkey hunting, you get really excited about uh, hearing a turkey fly down off of the roost. You hear him coming through the woods, and they eventually will get close enough that you can hear them dragging their wings in the leaves, or you may even be able to hear the spitting drum. And then you know that that turkey is extremely close, even if you can't see them. But turkeys don't follow our script. You know, they'd, they'd all die if they did, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the fun is being out there and communicating with those birds and hearing them gobble and, of course, being able to see them strut as well. And then, of course, the grand finale, we like to bring them in close enough to take them with a shotgun, and then we've got turkey dinner. But I'd like to just cover real quick like a few of the major reasons that turkeys do quit gobbling and maybe some tactics that you can use to get those silent birds to gobble again or to come on in to the shotgun. But once again, we know this can be extremely frustrating when uh, turkeys are not gobbling or they gobble just one or two times on the roost, and it's all over. But don't give up. Silent gobblers are certainly frustrating, but they are still out there. But uh, we know, if you're an experienced turkey hunter, that is, that gobblers' moods and their behavior change from one day to the next. Just because they gobble great yesterday doesn't mean that you're going to gobble good today. But there's some factors that uh, play into gobblers uh, getting shut mouth or tight-lipped. And bad weather is one of the, the best examples I can think of. 
Because when the weather turns sour, if it's windy and rainy, the gobblers are not going, may not gobble at all. If they do gobble, it's probably just going to be one or two times on the roost. But uh, these bir- birds are still killable, but you're, you're going to have to work hard at it. And it's no fun being out in uh, hard rain and the wind. And sometimes you deal with lightning. That's when you want to leave the woods. But high winds can really shut gobblers down. And even if they do gobble with a high wind, you may have a very difficult time calling them. And, of course, this can be a, a big problem out in the plain states where you get a lot of wind. But cold temperatures can shut uh, turkeys down quickly, particularly if they're not uh, used to it. Now, up in the northern states where they deal with coal a great deal more so than the southern states, that's not going to affect them as much. But even low barometric pressure can make turkeys uh, go quiet. And research uh, has proven to us that birds do gobble more during high-pressure systems. So you might pay attention to the weather before you go. You know, we can stand in our bathroom and look at ourselves in the mirror lots of times and see the main problem that causes turkeys to shut down. That's just plain old human pressure just uh, heavily hunted areas and that's going to shut uh, turkeys down because human interference is one of the worst things we want to see happen during our spring turkey seasons but if we hunt public properties we've all bumped into other hunters or had hunter, hunters try to work the same birds that we work and somebody winds up bumping that bird and and shutting him down but radio tracking studies uh, indicate that many turkeys that are disturbed by human contact whether they're bumped, shot at, or spooked somehow, they simply relocate to less pressured areas. And that's just kind of common sense. But we tend to think they're just like ghosts and they just fell off the face of the earth somewhere. But they're still out there, but they may have moved a great distance to get away from the hunters. And sometimes gobblers will go quiet for a very predictable reason. Hens. Yeah, that's what's going on out there. It's a breeding season in the the toms are certainly interested in the hens, and uh, they're going to follow them around on a string a lot of times. But a gobbler that's surrounded by hens just sees no reason, feels no uh, reason whatsoever that he should gobble and try to get other hens come in. But one of the things, one of the tactics that I've used over the years when you got, we call them hen-up gobblers, uh, you can do some rather loud calling and maybe fire up a gobbler again and help him uh, give away his location because he's certainly tagging along behind the hens, uh, following them wherever they go in the hopes of getting to, to breed with them. But when you got gobblers hinned up like this, you can even use a locator call, uh, which, you know, would be a crow call, an owl call or a coyote howler they're all very loud and they will tend to make a gobbler shock gobble and that gives away his location or you can talk to the hens i've i've had a great deal of luck over the years by using calls uh where i just call to the hens and the best way you can do this is mimic exactly what they are doing listen to the hen if she's given a long series of calls mimic what she's doing give a long series of calls. if she's just feeding along quietly and not saying too much, start out with just a 
the low little soft hen yelps and purrs and that's that sort of thing and you may spike her interest and then she'll start talking back to you but regardless of what the hen is doing the sound she's making duplicate those i actually had a situation one time in the fall where i uh, had a a hen get very aggressive with me and she was coming to my calls very fast and it was obvious she was wanting to run me off run that other hen out of the woods or away from the area and uh, it seemed like with every step her voice kept getting higher and higher and i finally boy i just got to the point i was calling with my voice and i got so high that my voice broke but the hen kept talking to me but i couldn't get any higher she finally come in came in close and of course, in the fall, we can kill hens, but I didn't kill that hen. I had a, was having a really good time with her and even called her back once. She kind of spooked a little bit. But you can, uh, you can call them. And one of my favorite tactics in the springtime when turkeys are, are silent, and I called in a, a gobbler last year, a pretty nice gobbler for friend John Butts, who was hunting with me. John hadn't hunted a whole lot, and... Uh, we heard one or two gobbles early in the morning while the birds were still on the roost and they were pretty far away. So I was a little discouraged right off the bat. Of course, John hadn't hunted much, so I, I didn't share that with him and tell him I was a little discouraged, but I did explain the situation. Uh, I said, John, it sounds like turkeys are not going to gobble very much this morning, but uh, if you got the time, we'll just set it out in a blind. We were in comf- comfortable camp chairs, and we sat there and chit-chatted for a while. And about once every 20 or 30 minutes, I would use a lost call, which you u- generally use in the fall when uh, poults and young of the year are scattered out. A hen or a group of hens will use uh, a long series of calls. There might be... 20, 25 yelps in that series. And that's just telling all the poults around that, hey, mama is here. You just got to listen to me calling to you and, and come back to the flock, come back home, you know. Well, it's interesting, but I've discovered over 40 years of turkey hunting that uh, if you use that lost call in the springtime, gobblers will not gobble at that call, but particularly two-year-old birds will come to it. And I've killed a lot of two-year-old birds up in the morning when everything is shut down and and it it can be tough to do because you're going to call that 15 20 30 times and then of course always listen but i've never gotten or seldom ever gotten a gobble from this series of calls but if you pay attention sit quietly and stick it out many times those two-year-old gobblers will sneak in silently and you'll be able to kill them well in john's case uh, we had sat for about an hour and a half or two hours and uh, about every 30 minutes I'd give one of these lost calls and then we'd go back to our quiet conversation talking about whatever but finally about two hours into the hunt uh, of course I was scanning the woods out the windows of the blinds and to my left I had just checked that area when a minute or so I turned my head back and I saw what I thought was a knot on the side of a, a, a tree but I didn't remember that knot being there and I poked John I said what is that on the side of that tree? He said, that's a turkey's chest sticking out. And finally, I could focus on the beard. Well, a gobbler had snuck in, but it had a couple of hens with it, and they had stopped right there about 30 yards from the left of the blind. And uh, fortunately, John was able to slide out of his seat and kind of lean across my knees and uh, kill this gobbler. But, you know, most people, or a lot of people would have given up that morning, went to breakfast, and maybe hunted a little later, 
But a lot of times around 9 or 10 o'clock after the hens have finished their breeding for the morning, they go off by themselves or the gobblers are following them around. And uh, they're, they're still killable birds. And it's just a matter of having the patience to stick it out with them and to uh, use that lost call if you've never done that before. And I'll usually start out with a little whine at the front, a long series of yelp, and then a couple of clucks at the end. Seems to be very convincing. And if you're not getting gobbles, you don't know how far turkeys are away from you. So get loud with it. Get loud and uh, repeat that series just every 15 or 20 minutes, and you might just get lucky and call a two-year-old gobbler in. They sure are fine on the dinner table. But another thing you can do, you know, if the turkeys are not gobbling, you kind of rely on your uh, scouting earlier in the spring because you know where, if you've done your scouting, you'll know in general where turkeys are located, and you can kind of go to the places they like to hang out, whether it's a, a green field, and you can set up on the edge of that uh, green field and maybe actually uh, you might be able to call the turkeys that you see a little bit but they they may not come for a while may not respond but if you stick it out uh, you may have a good chance of killing that bird on the ed- edge of a field and in some cases in the woods if you know how uh, birds travel I know one year I was kind of flabbergasted a little pond way out in the woods and several people hunted in that area area there were five or six gobblers killed that year around a little pond and it was just a watering source late in the morning for those gobblers, and uh, people knew that. And these hunters uh, would set up on that pond and really didn't do any calling at all to the gobbler, but they were able to harvest one, kind of an ambush situation. Not as much fun as hearing them gobble early in the morning and call them off the roost and uh, and and watching all that take place. But another thing you can do when gobblers are silent for several days is begin to try to roost one the evening before and uh, it's a great technique to get in close. And, of course, you don't want to be real aggressive, stomping around in the woods and all that sort of thing. You're best to wait right down the evening before dark uh, and be on a high listening point where you can hear birds either gobble or fly up to roost. And if you can, move in tight and try to find even the exact tree where that gobbler is located. And then you could go in early the next morning and begin to work that gobbler. If I know exactly where they are, I just start, start out with some soft tree yelps, and uh, the turkey responds. Well, I may talk to him just a little bit, but not very much, because if you talk to a gobbler too much while he's sitting on a roost, he'll stay there because as it's getting daylight, he's expecting to see that hen in the woods. But many times I've had gobblers fly down right to me, land within a few yards, and you kill them pretty quickly. But uh, more often than not, they seem to fly the other way. And, uh, and that's probably because they're hearing hens in that direction. But if you stick it out, that gobbler will remember that there was a hen in that area early that morning. He may go service some hens and then may show back up at your location at 9, 10, 11 o'clock. So stick it out, stay in the woods, keep hunting hard, and even when they're silent, you can kill them. And you know what? Killing a big turkey gobbler is one of my most favorite outdoor passions I always dream about turkey season. And I encourage you, too, to make the effort, get outdoors, and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, 
Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.